Good morning. Welcome to the gathering of Recreate Church. I'm so thankful for the, the praise team there. And um, say a little prayer for your favorite 12-year-old drummer boy. He's a little under the weather this morning, so we don't, we don't have him today. I am so glad to have you here with us. As I tell you, we pray. We pray every week the Lord will bring the right people. If you're here, it's not just because you rolled out of bed and hit your head and thought showing up would be a good, good idea. It's because the Lord means for you to be here today. And that's what we do. We pray all week to get the opportunity to not just um, show up and receive something, but give. You know, we believe that we're a team. We're a team of ministers and missionaries. If you're here today, you're not just here to receive. You're here to, to give, to, to show people love, to support people, to pray for people. That's a big deal. That's what we do. We're, we're, more, we're more than people who show up at the same place at the same time once a week. You get that in ball games. You get, you get fans of a team who show up at the same place at the same time every week with the same goal in mind, cheering for the team. But they're not a church. A church is a community of life and love. Some stuff's just good, isn't it? Good stuff. Sunrise, good. Sunsets, good. That first flower of spring that we are longing to see. It's good, great. Dr. Pepper, it's good. Oh, I, I think we have a little debate about Dr. Pepper. I can settle that for you. It's good. Bacon. Bacon is good. Thank you, Jesus, for the new covenant and the ability to eat bacon. Isabel went to a thrift store the other day and brought me back a T-shirt that is bacon. It's uh, like the cuts of a pig, and it's all bacon. It's just all bacon. You know, the Bible is good. The Bible is great. It's so good. Some parts are, are good-er. Now, it's all God-breathed. It's all inspired by God. Every word is powerful and true and meaningful. But some of it, uh, it's all inspired, but some of it is more inspirational. Some of it's like easier. Some of it's hard to put on like a coffee mug and, and uh, have it make sense. But some of it is just like so, bam, bam, bam. That it's just so good. We've been talking about one of those passages. 23rd Psalm. And especially that line, my cup runs over. That's a good one. My cup runs over. I got another one for you. Not quite as famous, maybe. But it's, it's maybe even more punchy. It's, maybe, it's not like something you would read at a, a funeral service like Psalm 23. But it's, it's just inspirational. It's every bit as inspirational, if not a little bit more. So, I don't know. Are y'all feeling... Y'all feeling it this morning? How you feeling? Feeling pretty good? Okay, I'm going to just give you a chance that if you want to like respond to these lines and just say an amen or just whatever, just whatever, as long as it's church appropriate, and uh, in response to giving God a little praise for this, it's Isaiah 40, chapters 30 and 31. If you don't know it right off, you might know it once you hear it. it starts out like this. Even the youths shall faint and be weary. That was your chance. You missed that one. You get that on the next one. And the young men shall utterly fall. Mm. Amen. But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Wow. I feel like I set y'all up. And uh, y'all missing the layup here, y'all. I'm, I'm passing it to you. You're in the paint. I'm going to try to get. But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. There it is. <laughs> they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. 
You didn't know Ric Flair was in the building this morning, but he's right here on the front row. He grew him an incredible mustache. Ric Flair is in the house today. Yes, sir. Give me some of that. That's good stuff. That's, that's like the bacon of Scripture. Everybody likes that. And unlike salty, greasy strips of fried pork fat, it won't give you a heart attack. It'll help your heart when it's under attack. This, this idea that God will give us energy, and we need it. We've been talking about the principle of overflow, that you can really only sustainably give out of overflow. If you've got a cup and you're dipping into the cup, and the cup is not being refilled, what eventually happens to the cup? It eventually gets empty. And to say my cup runs over, that means God is blessing you so much that you, you don't even have to dip into your reserve to bless others. It's just overflowing. Now, we realize in the world in which we live, we're, we're sometimes going to have to dip into that cup, but we've always got to get it refilled. We've got to go back to the Lord to get it refilled, and that goes for, for whatever it is. If you keep dri- dipping into a cup that is not being refilled, it will eventually go dry. That goes for things like time and money and the resource that we're talking about today. Energy. Energy is like a big thing for me. I've got to have some energy. Y'all know me as kind of an energetic speaker, but I save most of, the, most of this energy for like right now. So for you, for you guys, I save, save it so I could be energetic up here and be engaging. Energy is a strange thing. When you're young, you've got time and energy, but no money. When you're retired, you've got time and hopefully some money, but no energy. And then there's that in-between place when you're trying to work and raise a family and all that where you ain't got no time, no energy, and no money. What are you laughing for, sweetheart? We're there. <laughs> We're there. We know about that one. You're trying to raise kids, and it's like, oh, where's the time? Where's the in- money? Where's the energy? In the modern world, we have an energy crisis, and I'm not talking about like electricity or fossil fuels or anything like that. I'm talking about energy to get up and do what we've got to do. So many people just don't feel energetic. And I hear teenagers say, I feel so old. And there's some like there's some old crusty part of me that wants to be like, wait till you get to be my age, young feller. But I'm not like, no, I look I mean, look in the world. Kids these days, I think I had it easier in some ways. Now I had to do like more physical labor like farm labor and stuff, but it wasn't as crazy a world to grow up in. So I get it why even teenagers feel tired. So we need energy. Where do we get energy? Well, caffeine. Caffeine. That's a, that's a way to get some energy for a while. Did you get some? We got some coffee over here. Did you get some coffee? Get you some coffee. Maybe not right now, but before you leave, get some coffee. Um, caffeine. That might help temporarily. Better nutrition. Probably. That'll probably help. Laying off the bacon would probably be good. Going to bed at a decent time. Try that. Try that out. Exercise for more energy. Well, that sounds a bit extreme to me, uh, but I think it's worth a shot. I think you should probably try that. But all, and all those things are good and important. And if you want some advice on those sorts of things, there are some very smart people in the world. Some of them even love Jesus who can give you lots of advice on that. But today I'm here to share with you the spiritual side of energy. That's kind of my field. There is an energizing power on the spiritual side that, that doesn't often get much airtime or credit. And it's, it's called purpose. When we have purpose, 
It energizes us. Have you ever noticed that when you're doing something that you like and you feel like it's important and you feel like you're going towards a goal, you seem to have more energy? And when, when you're doing something that you're like, what is the point of this? Why do we have to keep cleaning this house? Because it's just going to get dirty again. The energy kind of goes down. Goes down. So, and, but when we have a purpose... Or for me, like when I have a project, I, I, I'm like, I'm not even hungry. I'm not even thirsty. Let's just, hey, let's do it. This is fun. Let's accomplish this purpose. Let's go after this purpose. When we're chasing a purpose, we find energy we didn't know we had. And who's the ultimate source of purpose? Almighty God. He created us on purpose. He created us for purpose. God sent his son to save us. Praise God. But Jesus did not just come to save us from something we're saved for something and pursuing that purpose is where we can find some energy so here's kind of the idea the the like little nugget that i want you to to receive today nothing energizes like purpose and we get that purpose from god so i'm going to pray right there heavenly father i pray in jesus name that you'll show us what it means to have purpose in you, that you will lead us to an understanding of your purpose for each of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So, kids have a lot of energy. We can hear the kids kind of having the fun, fun back there. I'm all for that, y'all. I love the sound of, of kids having a fun time in our kids' area. That's why it's there. It's designed for that purpose. Kids have so much energy my most energetic child is not here with us today, but I will tell you the energy of, say, a three- or four-year-old is astounding, especially if a very unwise parent gives the three- or four-year-old or allows the three- or four-year-old to have a Mountain Dew, say, at their cousin's birthday party without thinking it through real well. That is a mistake you make one time. One time. A tornado took place over in Speedwell, Virginia, and the tornado's name was Elijah. I still don't let that boy have Mountain Dew. He's 12 and a half years old. We're going to see. When he hits 13, maybe we'll try him out. Maybe he'll be okay. Um, the energy of youth seems to be limitless. And yet Isaiah is telling us that uh, verse 30, if you pull up verse 30, even youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Now, to be fair, this isn't really talking about little kids, like energetic little kids. This is talking about um, particularly young men in their athletic prime. You think of someone who's like an Olympic athlete or a pro athlete or, or maybe someone who is in the, the military who's just in really, really good shape or someone who does CrossFit or one of those things. The strongest, toughest, most energetic type of person. The least likely to grow tired. The cream of the crop. The fittest, the fastest, the Navy SEALs, the Army Rangers the few, the proud, the Marines. Those guys that never seem to get tired. It, it kind of makes me think of Elijah in the Bible. He was an energetic prophet in the Bible, the one that we named our boy after. E Elijah was this amazing guy. Every time you see him, he's doing something. He's, he's doing something amazing. He's performing miracles. He's bringing people back from the dead. He's hiking across the country. One time he even outran a chariot on foot 
Not many people hear that story. It's in there. This guy has energy, but even the most energetic people run out of energy eventually. If you keep dipping out of the cup, what's going to happen if it's not refilling? It goes dry. Olympic athletes can't keep going forever. Elijah the prophet could not keep going forever. And you can't keep going forever. Not without having your cup refilled. In 1 Kings 19, just make a note of it. We're not really going to spend a lot of, we're not going to like reference uh, direct scriptures there, just a story. In 1 Kings 19, we find Elijah crashing and burning. Now, he had come off of what was the greatest victory maybe that he ever had, or maybe one of the greatest victories in the whole Old Testament. It makes, it makes the Hall of Fame for sure. That time when he prayed fire down from heaven, you remember that story? Ooh, that's good story. That's great stuff. Imagine someone who had such power with God that he could pray and fire would come down from heaven. I don't have anything like that kind of power. And he's, he was his hero. But, of course, Queen Jezebel is after him. If you know that name Jezebel, that comes right out of the Bible. She's a very wicked woman, one of the most wicked people in the whole Old Testament, famously wicked. Still to this day, nobody names their kid Jezebel, or they probably shouldn't. And... Jezebel's after him, but that's nothing new. Jezebel's been after him for years. He's been, he's been standing up to wicked kings and queens most of his career. And so this, no problemo, right? No problemo. Actually, yes, problemo. He's got, he's got a problemo here. Elijah's been going full blast since forever, and he's spent. He's done. He's, he's worse than tired. He's worse than frustrated. He is burned out. Do you know what I mean when I say burned out? The candle is gone. There's no wick. It's the puddle of, of wax at the bottom of the little cup is just barely even there. Burned out. Burned to the bottom. He's given everything he had for years, and now there's nothing left to give, and the cup is empty. And it wasn't defeat that emptied his cup. That's what really gets to me. It wasn't like things were so bad and things were so hard and, and he, couldn't, he didn't have any success, he didn't have any victories. No, he had good times. He was the most successful preacher in the country. He was the most successful prophet in the country, maybe in the whole world. Everybody knew him. He was famous. Any way you measure it, he was, he was winning. It's not like things were just bad, 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 bad. No. I mean, yes, he's being chased by an evil queen, but by and large, God has given him all these tremendous victories. But his cup is empty. If even the best and brightest can run out of energy... If even the young men who seem tireless can run out of energy, even if the mighty prophet of God who just called down fire can fall into despondency, what about the rest of us? What about those of us who aren't Olympic athletes or superheroes of the faith? What about those of us who are just struggling to get up every day and take care of responsibilities. What about those of us who go to bed tired and wake up tired and do it all the next day and it does not look it's like it's going to be different anytime soon. 
No wonder it feels like our cup of energy gets low or dry. If you know what it's like when you've got no energy left to give, this next verse, ooh, it ought to get to you. This one of those coffee mug verses, and for good reason, verse 31 tells us, yes, even the youths faint, even the young men fall, even the prophets of God get depressed, but those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Mm, That's good stuff right there. Put that on the Mount Rushmore of Scripture up there with John 3.16 and Psalm 23 and a few more. I'm telling you what, uh, Isaiah 40.31 is even more inspirational than a man with a mullet standing in the middle of a hurricane waving an American flag while Freebird guitar solo plays in the background. That's just how inspirational it is. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. When do you renew something? When it's about run out or it has run out. When do you renew a library book? When the, the term of borrowing has come to an end. And I, I got a library book I need to renew. And one of my very favorite librarians is with us today. So uh, I'll get around. I'll, I'll renew that book eventually, Sherry. Um, when, do, when, do you, um, when do you renew your gym membership? Well, January, of course, because you just went those the first three months. <laughs> just January, February, and March, like last year. No, you review it when it comes out. When do you fill up your gas tank? When it's getting loose. See, ah, halfway, I heard. See, there's two types of people when it comes to filling their gas tank. There's the type of person who's like, ooh, I'm down to a half a tank. I need to go ahead and fill it up. Then there's the kind of person who rides that low fuel light. For all it's worth. Now, I'm norm- normally like a quarter, quarter of a tank fill-up guy. But this week, I rode that fuel light for like 25 miles. It stressed me. I was like, ooh, I don't know what this car can do on this little bit of gas. I'm, you know, I, Some of the cars I had when I was super young and super broke, I knew everything my car could do. One time, my fuel light was on. I went all the way up Buffalo Mountain and back. I'm like, ah, she'll make it. She'll be fine. She'll be fine. I was also about 19 and not very smart. So we prefer that God would renew our strength before it gets very low. And he can, and he will, and he does. However, he usually waits until we ask. Uh, You see, the person who lets the fuel light come on before they get gas could, in theory, get gas before then. Now, some of y'all feel a little called out right now. I'm not doing that to you because I'm that guy too. I just admitted I'm, I'm that guy sometimes. But, I mean, you could, in theory, go ahead and fill that thing up. You really could. But then what I would say, my wife, who's, who is more the half-tank fill-up kind of person, she'd say, well, Michael, you could have filled it up before the fuel light was on. And, what it, and, and my quote to you, she can confirm this, would be, well, honey, I didn't even think about it. I didn't think about it until the fuel light was on. My mind was on the things of God. I was contemplating heaven and the scriptures and, and stuff. That's exactly what it was. My mind was fixated on 
the beauty of your spirit, my loving wife. And as I was dreaming of you driving down the road, I didn't even notice that I was out of gas because I just exist on your love. And <laughs> is this working? No, no. Okay. I'm just boop. No, I thought she was buying it. She was buying it for like a second and I laid it on too thick. Be careful, fellas. Don't lay it on too thick. Another thing is those of us who wait till the fuel lights on, it's, that's not our plan. Usually. It's just like, oh, uh, mm, ah, it's low. Whoops. And then sometimes it's low and you're like, oh, wait, I didn't, you know, if I got some money, put some gas in this tank. It's not so different with our energy, folks. We could go to God for a fill-up just about any time. But we usually don't until the fuel light comes on. Until the warning indicator comes on. When the warning lights start popping on, they're like, ooh, I better, I better do some praying. I, you know, things are getting tough. Um, when, when the stress of life starts getting to you and you start getting that warning indicator and you start getting a little twitch, um, anybody else do that? You got a job that's like that? I had a, my job, I, I got a little twitch a few months ago, and the twitch seems to move. It used to be like in this one eyebrow, and then it like moved like beside of my nose. How does that even happen? I don't know. What's even there to twitch? I don't know. I'm like, oh, yep, that's an indicator light. Need to do something about that. When something breaks down, then we're like, oh, better pray. When we or somebody we care about starts getting sick, ooh, oh, we better start praying now. When important relationships get strained or broken and the warning light comes on, then we start. They're like, oh, we better, better go to God. Better go to God. We ride the fumes for months and years and we don't go fill up on God before that light comes on and we wonder why we don't have any energy. We need to learn to go to God for a fill up every single day. If you want to always have gas in your tank, you're going to have to make plans to go to the gas station more often than you absolutely have to. But you'll know that it's there. With, with God, if we want to always overflow with God, we're going to have to get serious about going to Him for a fill-up. Not when we get so low that the warning light comes on and things in our lives start coming a little unglued, but long before then. If we wait till the warning light flashes, then it's, it's already getting bad. Now, I, hey, I know these messages are always for somebody. I know this one's for me especially because... My life is super, super busy. I've got to have a lot of energy. I've told you guys, you know, I'm working full-time. I'm doing this. And I'm, I'm in grad school, too. And that is tough. And please pray for me, and I thank you. But I know I've got to get serious about filling up. So, I, I mean, I know you guys, maybe you think i got the whole Bible memorized. Uh, no, i got a little bit. No, I don't. I don't have the whole thing memorized. Sorry. Sorry to disappoint you, Lucy. But I do know where my Bible is, so I can find that. That's something. I, I grew up like the old school Baptist days where not everybody, not our family, but a lot of people always knew where their Bible was because it was in the back glass of the car. Y'all remember those days? Like those old school days? I, you know, us with Baptist roots, we grew up loving the Bible and we knew right where it was because it's where it was last Sunday when we put it in the back glass of the car. That's back when cars were like the long, long cars and it was there. I, don't, I never quite understood that one. I kind of got hooked on the Bible at a young age here's what i've done though at work i got myself a little bible like a not like a little gideon new testament like a whole bible 
for pretty cheap on Amazon, like 16 bucks or something. And I got it stashed at work with a little highlighter. So as soon as my lunch break hits, I got my Bible out. And I'm filling up on the Word of God and last night's leftover chili at the same time. And both of them are so good. I'm getting refueled, ready for the day. And my eye twitch has gone away. Thank you, Jesus. Rise up on wings like eagles and no longer have an eye twitch. I'll take either one of those, Lord. And I thank you. And I give you the glory. I mean, you got to. you got to fill up on the, the Lord. If we're going to rise up on wings like eagles, we're going to have to get refilled. Um, if we're going to rise up on wings like eagles, we're going to have to pray for some feathers, you know, some heavenly feathers. You can't soar in this life on your own strength. Almighty God's going to have to renew you. Now, we would prefer it that God would never let in anything kind of pull us down. We would prefer that God turned off gravity. So there's nothing that's ever dragging us down. We don't have any struggles. We don't have any trials. No gravity, no problems. Do eagles fly because gravity is turned off for them? No. Eagles do not fly because gravity is turned off. If an eagle was to fold up its wings while it's in the air, what's going to happen to the eagle? It's going to fall, just like anything else. By the grace of God, they spread their wings and they conquer gravity. God never promised to get rid of gravity. He never promised to get rid of all of your problems. He, God does not promise that we would never run a race. He promised He would give us strength to not quit. God never promised there wouldn't be mountains to climb, but He did say you can walk and not faint. So we're flying, we're running, we're walking, and that's metaphorical for the most part. Please don't jump off the top of the barn and say, Lord, I'm claiming Isaiah 40, 31. I'm going to rise up on wings like eagles. The only wings you're going to be in is traction in the hospital when they got you all cabled up and putting you back together. Okay, that's it's more of a metaphor. Now, for Isaiah or Elijah in this story, Elijah, he did get to kind of run, walk, and he will actually fly before it's over. So let's get back to Elijah where we left him. So he's run away from Jezebel. He's crawled under a broom tree to die. To die. In so many words, he says, God, I'm done. I'm spent. I've given all I got. I got nothing left. What good is my life? Could you just take my life from me? Could you kill me and get it over with? Elijah's worn out. He's burned out. His cup is empty. It's not just physical and emotional exhaustion, but that, that's a huge part of it. There is another important factor, however. He, he also, at this point in his story, doesn't have a real clear purpose. Before this, he's always had a purpose. He's always had a goal. He's always had something that God has given him that he is going for. God had him prophesy a drought. That's where we first see Elijah. That was his purpose, to prophesy this drought. And the drought came. God had him minister to people during the drought. And he did that. He did remarkably well. God had him rescuing widows and orphans like a pro. Raising the dead always had a purpose. God gave him the purpose then of, pro of prophesying the end of the drought. And the drought ended and the rain came. God had him with the purpose of facing down the prophets of Baal up on Mount Carmel. If you have not read that story, you absolutely must read it. It's, a, it's amazing. It's remarkable. It is a landmark occurrence in the Old Testament. And he prays from heaven and fire comes down and burns up the sacrifice. And the people who are watching it said, oh my goodness, the Lord is God. The Lord is real. We don't want this false God Baal anymore. Let's get rid of him. Let's turn to the Lord. But now he's accomplished all of that. 
And, and now he's not got a goal. He's not got a purpose. God hadn't shown him the next thing to do. There's nothing that he's working towards. If it is true that nothing energizes people like God-given purpose, if we find ourselves with no energy, it's possible we need to get touch in touch with God's purpose for us. And where do we find purpose? True purpose comes from one place. It's in the God who sent His Son. Look, we say here at Recreate Church, we don't want something from you. We want something for you. And one of the things we want for you is for you to get in touch with Jesus and have purpose in your life. Not just anyone receives the strength from God to, to run, to walk, and to soar on wings like eagles here. We're, we're told that those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. What does it mean to wait upon the Lord? Does that mean we have to be patient? Well, somewhat, yes. Well, what does it mean to wait upon the Lord? It's, it's easy to get the wrong idea about waiting on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord is not anxiously pacing the floor, wondering when the Lord's going to show up. How is he going to come? What's going to happen now? Waiting on the Lord is not watching reruns of The Office and scrolling Pinterest and just trying to ignore the stuff in your world that's fallen apart. That's not waiting on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord is not an attitude of like, eh, God will get it. Eh, whatever, God will get it. Kind of like when you drop a chip on the floor, but you don't bother to pick it up because you figure, ah, oh, the dog will get it if the toddler doesn't beat him to it. Like, eh. So, yeah, that's, that's not waiting on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord is not anxious. Waiting on the Lord is not passive. Waiting on the Lord is active. Does a farmer wait on the Lord? Yes, the answer is yes. I seem to have lost y'all somewhere. The answer is yes, a farmer waits on the Lord. But does a farmer sit back on his tractor and say, Lord, bring it on in? No. He plants seeds. He puts down fertilizer. He does wait on the Lord to bring the harvest, but he's actively waiting. He's done what the Lord has given him to do, and now it's up to the Lord to bless it. Um, you pray for God to meet your financial needs, right? But you still show up at work, right? Because as hard as it is to swallow sometimes, one of the ways God has designed for, to meet your financial needs is for you to get on out of bed and go to work. That's what God means for you to do. It's amazing how we, we ask God to do stuff and we don't really like do anything that He's given us some sense to do. It's like, man... Drink three iced coffees and turn on a documentary about serial killers and say, Lord, what are you going to do about my anxiety? When are you going to help me with this anxiety, Lord? If we pray for God to give us energy, but we aren't doing any of the common sense things he's given us for creating energy, I don't know if we're so serious about our request. Hey, could God give you the energy to stay up all night, every night, and still go to work the next day? Could he? Yes, he certainly could. And you know what? If... He may have done that for you before. He's done it for me before. When, when a family emergency or something has kept me up all night and I've had to go to work, God's given me energy to do that. But that's probably not the normal. That shouldn't be the normal. God might give you that, but He's already given you some things. He's given you the good sense to know you need to go to bed at some point. Just go to bed. A whole lot of life's problems could be solved if we would just... Go to bed and sleep. 
well, I can't sleep. I know. I get it. I get it. But at least get in the sleeping place. That'd be a good start. Um, God has given us the modern age where there's like chewy, gummy vitamins. The doctor told me like four years ago, I had some low vitamins. Like, you need to do something about vitamins. Like, vitamins. I'm not a Flintstones kid. Was I? Did we do Flintstones vitamins? I don't think we did. But Katie has these gummy vitamins. Like, hey, I had taters and beans. That was my vitamins growing up. Get a little dirt in your system. Get your iron, your zinc, and all of that from dirt on the taters. But uh, Katie gave me some of these chewy gummy vitamins. Like, huh, this is actually making a difference. You know, vitamins, that's, that's nice. Um, didn't expect it to make a difference. If we would just take advantage of what God has already given, what might happen? Now, Elijah, he's sitting under the tree. He's broken. He's depressed. He's burned out. He's empty. He was not intending really to wait on the Lord so much as he was just waiting to die. And he did talk to the Lord, but what he said to the Lord was, in so many words, Lord, could you hurry the grim reaper along? I'm tired of living. Just get it over with. The Lord was not interested in listening to that. The Lord sent an angel that would not leave Elijah alone until he drank some water, ate some decent food, and went to sleep. Now, these days, we call that self-care. Drink some water, eat some food, go to sleep. God just calls that normal. We messed up normal in our culture. That's like not normal. You mean drink water? Water that comes out of the ground? Ew. Water, food, sleep? God invented that. It's pretty good stuff. Look, if you won't listen to God, at least listen to your favorite kindergarten teacher. If you feel like everything is just awful and everyone is just awful, maybe what you need is a snack and a nap. And that's straight up out of the Bible. This is right out of the story of Elijah. Elijah was grumpy. What did God make him do? Eat this snack and take a nap. Makes sense. It's right out the Bible. So you're going to eat a snack and take a nap this afternoon, and people are going to give you a hard time and say, I'm doing what the preacher said. He said it's biblical. It's biblical to eat a snack and take a nap. Yes, it is. It is. Look, the world, a snack and a nap won't fix everything, but the world looks like a different place when you're no longer sleepy and hangry. Fair? Fair. When Elijah woke up, Guess what the angel made him do? Elijah, here, drink some more water, eat some more food, go to sleep again. I'm liking the sound of this. That's all right. But this is what he really needed. He was just that worn out that he just had to sleep. Look, I'm not saying staying hydrated and going to bed at a decent hour will fix everything that's wrong with your life, but have you, have you tried it? Have you tried it? Maybe try it. Um, like for a long time, if eating one salad will not make you skinny, Going to bed at 10.30 instead of midnight one time is probably not going to fix a decade of sleep deprivation. Drinking one bottle of water is probably not going to fix living off of Mountain Dew or Diet Pepsi or whatever. It's not going to fix it. So look, so Elijah has some self-care, but that's not the end of the story. He gets his rest. He gets some water. Hey, you hear those sirens? God has given us a responsibility. So what we do when we hear sirens go by is we stop and we pray. Everybody's involved, so we're going to do that. Heavenly Father, we want to pray 
for this situation that the folks are responding to. We pray for those who are affected by whatever is going on, and we pray for the first responders going to the scene that you would protect all of them. We lift them up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. So that's part of the responsibility God has given us when he put us on this corner as we pray for our community when we hear rescue vehicles go by. So where were we? Let's Elijah, he's now. Elijah's hydrated. And he's had a good night's sleep. And he's no longer got bags under his eyes. But that's not the end of the story. If it was just about self-care, you could get that somewhere else. You won't have to get that out of the Bible. But this is the spiritual part of it. God gave him purpose. It wasn't just get a good night's sleep and drink some water and eat some good food. It was a God-given purpose that really pulled him out of his energy crisis. God gave Elijah a mission. He told Elijah to go to, to Mount Horeb, which is probably another name for Mount Sinai. And if that sounds familiar, it's where Moses got the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament. And so Elijah went to Mount Horeb or Mount Sinai, and he, he spent time with God. He talked to God. He poured out his heart to God about everything that had been discouraging him and everything that was going wrong. And God listened and God spoke to him in that still, small voice. That's where that phrase comes from. Elijah's problems were real. But his perspective on his problems were wrong. Elijah had come to believe that he was the only one that still cared about God. Lord, Lord, everybody else has turned away. It's just me. It's just poor old me. I'm the only one that cares. God said, no, 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 no. You're not the only one. Elijah had come to believe that no, that, um, that everyone was against him. Everyone wanted him dead. Nobody likes me. Everyone hates me. I'm just going to go eat worms. That's the way he felt. It's like, ah, oh, man, when you're tired enough and hungry enough, it's like, man, the world is so awful. It's terrible. But you might be only two slices of pizza away from feeling pretty good. Just saying. Elijah, he's, he's pretty down. He's pretty down. And um, he just pours it all out to God. But God showed him the truth here. God did not say, Elijah, I'm so tired of your whining and just squish him. He said, look, no, listen. Elijah, it's bad. But look at this. Not everybody's against you. Just Jezebel. Just Jezebel. She's really the only one who's against you. And he then gave Elijah the mission and the purpose to go anoint two kings that were going to fight against Jezebel. One of them was named Jehu. If you've heard his story, read that in the book of Kings. Um, Jehu is the one who finally threw down Jezebel and got rid of Jezebel. So, hey, he's already solving problems. He's got a purpose now. Elijah is going to go anoint this new king who's going to take care of Jezebel. And then he said, Elijah, I know you feel like you're alone in this, but there is at least 7,000 people who have not turned away from the true God to follow Baal. And one of them is so remarkable, I want you to go find him, and he's going to become your apprentice, your protege, your Padawan. His name was Elisha. Elijah and Elisha. Now that ought to go show you that if someone was making up the Bible, that if it was just literature that someone's making up, would you name two people who are going to work together so much such similar names? If you're writing a story, would you name would you write a story about Sam and Sammy? It's always going to be confusing. So 
You wouldn't write the story. You wouldn't make this thing up and say, one's named Elijah and one's named Elisha, and you're going to forever mix it up just for funsies. No, these were real people doing real things. So Elijah has this new purpose. He goes and anoints these kings, and he goes and finds Elisha, and he trains him, and he mentors him. And he, it's amazing. We never see him get down like that again. This renewed sense of purpose carried Elijah through for the rest of his life. We never again see him without energy. We never again see him down in the depths of depression. And when it was time to go, God took him to heaven in a whirlwind with chariots and horses of fire. So he kind of sort of mounted up on wings like eagles. He flew. Anyway, he went up in a whirlwind. What a way to go. It's not just the self-care that got Elijah out of his depressed state. It was purpose. Nothing energizes like purpose. Purpose from God. And we might say, well, I wish God would speak to me and give me a purpose. Well, he can and he will, and he probably has already to some degree. It begins with Jesus. God's ultimate purpose purpose for people is for them to meet and get to know Jesus, and it starts there. That's not the end of the story. That's the beginning of the story when you know Jesus. And from there, God will begin to show you but you're going to have to spend some time now elijah got alone with god for a good while i realize in your busy life you probably can't disappear on your family for 40 days and say i'm i'm going to talk to god and come back like a month and a half later you probably can't do that you you can't be the guy who went out to get milk and lotto tickets and never came back you can't just that's not a good jam for you but when's the last time you just gave God a whole day? Just a whole day. Just find a way to spend a whole day with God. Not like sitting there trying to pray and trying not to pick up your phone. Just a whole day. Well, preacher, I can't do a whole day. I, boy, do I ever get that. When's the last time you gave God a whole hour? Just one hour. Well, there's nothing else to do. Get up earlier than everyone else. Just get up earlier than everyone and give God a whole hour. Preacher, there's no way I can give an hour. How about a minute? Can you give God one minute where you do absolutely nothing else but just sit there and say, God, if you got something to say, I sure want to hear it. We human beings are a real mess. We'll drink nothing but coffee and soda and wonder why we have a headache all the time. We're weird. We have no energy and direction and act like it's too big a chore to get alone time with God. You've got to get it. We want to soar on wings like eagles, but we don't want to pray for any feathers. We've got to do it. The times I've struggled most with depression and stumbled the most have been when I've lost touch with my purpose. And the only way I've bounced back is to spend God and get a renewed sense of purpose. So, yep. You need to get a good night's sleep. Yep, you need to get enough water. But you need to get in touch with Almighty God and get purpose. Purpose. That will drive you. That will energize you. If you don't have energy and you've covered all the medical bases and there's not a real obvious medical reason, you know, hey, you might have a thyroid problem or something. You do need to get that checked out. You need to cover those bases. You may have something going on. But if that's covered, you're like, what? It's still in it. Then consider... If there's no energy, have you lost touch with your purpose? 
You need to go back to God to get a hold of some purpose in your life. Let's go to Him right now. Heavenly Father, we pray that You will reveal purpose to us. Purpose, Lord. That You'll give us the best reasons to get out of bed every day and keep going. That You have given us a mission. That You've given us a project. That You've given us something to do. That You've given us a purpose. You've given us meaning. Lord, I pray for everyone receiving this message that they might first trust in Jesus and be saved that they might do the common sense things to take care of themselves, that they would have energy. And Lord, that they would seek You and ask You to reveal purpose to them. God, we give You the glory. We praise Your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for being a part of this today. I'm praying for you. You pray for me. And uh, Lord willing, we'll see you next week. I hope you have a good, blessed week. And may God reveal His purposes to you. Take care.